you have some stats on the Marvel deal. Drop the Marvel deal knowledge. It might be one of the best purchases of all time. It has to be the best non-software purchase of all time. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show that takes you behind the scenes for how people and businesses grow in counterintuitive ways. I am your host, Kit Bonder. I am joined as always by my friend and co-host, Kieran Flanagan. Kieran, today we are talking about some hot news, which is Bob Iger coming back to Disney and can Bob Iger actually save Disney? Kieran, to the topic of the day, how would you feel to be fired like via a quick phone call totally abruptly? Like that's what happened. The, Bob Kopech, like the, the past Disney CEO, basically just got a call and was like, you're out. Our lawyers will talk to your lawyers. <laughs> See ya. Just like, boom. Bob Iger actually hired him. Like, hey, look, you're right. The guy who actually picked you is coming back. Uh, and so like, <laughs> Bob Iger is like incredible, but I think some people get built up too much. That was his pick. His pick did not work out. And so he's back in the chair. There is no secret formula for scaling customer support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all new HubSpot service hub, bringing service and support together in one platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with AI powered help desk. All so you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. Okay, so Bob Iger is coming back to, to Disney after a failed run at Disney and that business is kind of going sideways for, for a whole host of reasons. So what are the things we thought Bob Iger in his last reign did really well slash did really poorly? And then if we were him in his situation, what do we hope that he will do moving forward. And so like to kick it off, I, I think the number one thing he did, Kieran, was was deals. He was an M&A, merger and acquisition. He is a deal maker. Deals. It's deals. He did a deal to bring the 21st Century Fox catalog in, the Star Wars catalog in, the Marvel catalog in. You have some stats on the Marvel deal. Drop, drop the Marvel deal knowledge. It, it might be one of the best purchase of all time. It has to be the best non-software purchase of all time. He bought Marvel for $4 billion. They actually hadn't made Avengers yet. And today, Marvel is estimated to be about worth about $53 billion to Disney. So <laughs> as a non-software, like you have some software acquisitions that could probably beat that, right? Instagram, WhatsApp. Yeah. But as a non-software deal, that is incredible. $4 billion to $53 billion? And it's not, not slowing down, right? Like how much of that will that be worth in the future? Lucas, they bought for $4 billion. Although it looks like Lucas actually made $10 billion, which is like pretty sweet, but they've already recouped that. So now they're in profit. And the other one that was really cool was uh, Pixar. Oh yeah. Right. Pick, they bought Pixar for 7 billion and they've made it in excess of 11 billion just from the box office alone, right? This doesn't count like the subscribers they get through put in those shows yeah. on Disney plus, plus you get the Pixar talent. Like you get all of that talent embedded within Disney. Mm -hmm. So really, really great deals. The one that I think is a question mark is the biggest deal he did, yeah. which is the 21st century Fox 71 billion. I'm not sure. You know, I think that one is under uh, across a longer time horizon to see if that works out or not. Yeah, look, I completely agree. So he he did a bunch of deals, which for the vast majority part, we, we think he like he won, you know, the majority of the deals. The couple are in question, but like generally did well. And he, he left this new regime kind of comes in and Disney has really struggled. And one of the things you and I know is that Anytime there's a leader in place in any organization, that leader has strengths and weaknesses. 
And what's good in that organization is because of the leader. And what's bad in that organization is because of the leader. And so Bob Iyer created a bunch of problems. I think he picked somebody who didn't make those problems better, didn't come in and offset those problems. But now he's got to come back in and really fix his own problems, right? Like I was running through the problems. It seems like there's like four clear problems, right? There's actually a really interesting problem. So one of the problems is sports. Like one of yes. his problems is the- Sports rights deals. But it's not just, it's Gen Z- and how they consume sports and people ESPN do not used to be a big profit driver. Now right. it's a it's a drag now on it's the gonna, business. It's, it's a drag. And there's some really cool stats here. So um, Gen Z only ha- only 47 percent of Gen Zs consider themselves sports fans today. And if you compare that against everyone else, it's like 63 percent, like non Gen Z. The other one that is incredibly bad for anyone who's making money of sports. Most sports companies make all of their money from live broadcasts. of Gen Z said it's not important to watch live sports if you're a fan. (laughs) Man, Gen Z hates sports, baby. It's not that they hate sport. They don't think watching live sport makes you a fan. What they they, want to watch is the TikTok, the Instagram, the YouTube. They want to follow players, not teams. They want their sports distilled into like short, really high drama moments. Yeah, high drama moments, clips. They want to follow the players. That is, that's one of his problems, right? ESPN is a huge problem for him. The other one is he has to fix movies and streaming. Their streaming service lost 1.5 billion last quarter. What have we learned about streaming? Wow, it is hard to make money because you are spending so much money on original content. (laughs) It's real hard to make money streaming. Your margins are getting eaten away by competition. And there's also Marvel and Star Wars fatigue, right? Yes. Marvel... The year before he left Disney, they had seven movies that made $1 billion at the box office. This year, they've had two, right? So there's just That's this crazy. fatigue. And then the other thing that I know less about is there's a big problem with the parks. Yeah. Uh, and there's a big problem. They they try to like supplement their loss in subscription revenue through increased prices on the parks, and people hate that. They, they nickel and dime people at the parks, and their vibrant right. community of park visitors are, are angry. And I think this they is are. a great lesson that I would double down on is... When business gets going poorly, the worst thing you could do is tax your existing customers for your strategic mistakes. And that's that's what the Disney has done over the last 18 months is that they've taxed essentially their park visitors to try to make up for some of their shortfalls in revenue from other parts of the company. That is a recipe for increasing a downward spiral, not getting out of it. On the streaming, I do wonder if what happens with streaming is it just starts to look like TV. Because the problem with streaming, for the most part, is the churn. Yes. And if you can just binge watch the entire thing and then churn off until something else comes on that you like and binge watch that, it sets the wrong kind of consumption habits. Whereas if you have to wait each and every week, and so you have more time where you can space out, like they can release yeah. something every 10 weeks because you're still there trying to catch your show over that course of 10 weeks. But then we're like, we're, we're kind of reverting back to TV in some sense. But I do think fixing the streaming problem for Disney, because it's not just a Disney problem. They actually have what I thought was incredible. They have more subscribers than Netflix. Yeah. But the outlay on original content is so high that it's a really hard problem to fix. And I don't think you can fix it by just more deals. But I think you outlined the problems really well, Kieran. I want to spend a couple minutes talking about what, what should happen, what should change in the future here. Because Boy, there's some things to do. One of the things that they should do immediately is roll back all of the nickel and diming and taxing of those park attendees. You got to change the perception with your core base of fans and influencers, right? 
That's number one. Yeah. The second thing they have to do is I, I have a hot take for you, Kieran. And I don't know whether you're going to agree or disagree with me. In a world where Gen Z is becoming a bigger consumer and, and they want things packaged, talent to report on sports and other things isn't that important. Like, I think they can save a lot of money in talent, especially on the ESPN side of things. They've already made a bunch of cuts there. Mm. I think they can make way more cuts there and invest more in the right packaging and monetization of that packaging. So talent, I'd, I'd cut some talent costs at ESPN and, and other places. The other thing, when I think of Disney, the thing I think about is that they are a merchandising machine. Right. It's like, cool, I make this movie. And then I get people to come to the park because they like this movie. I get people to buy merchandise because they buy this movie. I get people to watch the sequel because they like this movie, right? And they're masters at merchandising. And their their merchandising schema has fallen apart, right? Because the, the movie theater industry was not what it, it, what it was. So I have a controversial idea for you, Kieran. If you were Disney, would you buy a movie theater chain and try to reinvent the in-person communal content watching experience. No. <laughs> I, 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 okay. I would not. Then if you're I, not, I do not. I do not bet long term on movie theaters. I'm not a. I'm not a bull on movie theaters. I think they get less important, not more important. But I know well, what you're saying is like, can you reimagine? Them? I think. I think there is a. I think that there is a gap in a communal watching experience. And I would do something to try to solve that. I don't know if movie theaters are the right solve there, but I would I would test some things to figure out how we can create a communal consumption experience that's just not like two people on a couch at their house, you know? Yeah, yeah. I suspect that was maybe a little bit behind why they wanted Twitter, which is still one of the weirdest potential acquisitions that ever yeah. happened. Like Disney owning Twitter would have just been terrible for Disney. One of the things they could do is think about the intersection between uh, a trend that's happening in sports and how that plays out in helping them with their streaming package, which is the thing that Gen Z love on sports is clips and they love players. They actually don't support teams. They they support players, which to me is just like, I can't actually get my head around that. I like <laughs> that to me is a, the wrong way to look at sports, but fine. That's what they prefer and from all the data that I've seen. And so what they could actually do is put their merchandising powers behind being able to make oh, stars man. of their sports stars and use their streaming service to create shows around the sports stars and their best clips and all of those types of things. So they increase consumption on their subscription service with something that is probably a lot, a lot lower cost yeah. and then increase the actual consumption of the sports itself where they have a problem by trying to live in the Venn diagram between like streaming and sports and, you know, stars versus teams. That's the thing I would try to nail because I think that helps to solve both sides of the problem. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come at you with some crazy sauce here. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. First of all, I, I'm gonna completely disagree about the Twitter thing. Like it goes anti. Like I think Disney. It wouldn't have been the best thing, but it would have been the worst thing. It's like oh, Disney it would have been the worst it, thing. It would have not it have been, been the, the worst thing. thing. Disney, the family platform, who does like the princess and the frog no, and all these things. No, it's it's uh, owning a platform that's. <laughs> Covered in hate speech. And you think Disney has the technical chops well, to like... Well, they could have chosen to moderate it and do, do oh, things very on. differently there. No, it would have been the worst deal of all time. But it's, it's just in, it's in your thesis. You believe no. every company should have bigger media reach. Why would you, Why would Disney want not want to increase its media because they reach? Don't need to, they, they don't need to own it. You're thinking about Twitter today, not what Twitter could be. They don't need to own Twitter to increase their reach through Twitter. Like you don't actually need to own the platform to be able to do that. Why? Why own the baggage? Like I, Twitter is just like a chaotic. Get out of here. Just get out of here. Chaotic platform full of 
80% of people who are like a nightmare. <laughs> 20, 20% of people who create good content. Like, no, that would have been the worst acquisition of all time, Kip. I'm sorry, I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> Well, I'm go- I'm going to follow up. I'm going to follow up my argument with you with a point of which I think would be the w- one of the better acquisitions for Disney to make. Twitch. And, I th- and I think you're going to agree with me. I can't buy Twitch. Amazon Twitch. It is, it, and it's not a media acquisition at all. Okay. You oh, ready for I, this? I love you. You know, I love Emanate. Uh, hypothetical M&A deals. <laughs> nothing, Kira loves nothing more than M&A gossip. I promise. Folks. Yeah, I love it. Um, I love it. This is where I, I live. think. I think Disney should buy Fanatics. Do you know what Fanatics is, Kieran? I don't actually even know what Fanatics is. So uh, for, Fanatics is, is a amazing business. So what they do is they handle all the on-demand merchandising for like all professional sports in America. So like they print jerseys, shirts, gear, everything on demand. They have like this crazy supply chain logistics for all of this. And it's they're doing like billions of dollars of revenue in merch. And like, I think Disney is a merchandising master. Bring mm. fanatics in and instead of giving up on sports, say, no, no, no. I'm going to, I am going to integrate, mer- have a merch. full vertical integration and I'm going to make merch. I'm going to make money off sports through merch and gambling. And this is an unpopular take. You can't make money. <laughs> you can't have Disney making money off gambling. It's going to happen, man. I was with you until you were like, I was like, oh, sports okay. in America, whether anybody <laughs> likes it or not, is going hard down the gambling path, mate, my friend. You I'm just telling I, you. I was with you all the way on merch. Merch. Cable, cable TV was like free money. Cable, But um, but merch itself isn't going to do it. In addition to merch, they're going to have to lean in to gambling. I think there will be. I think there will be a casino. At Disney World in the next 10 years. Uh, Guaranteed. You can't have your kids sitting in there watching My Little Mermaid putting bets on at the same time on their no. Disney platform. Come on, baby. <laughs> I'm with you with merch, but you cannot, you cannot think that. I'm not saying Disney's going to own a gambling platform, but they're going to take a bunch of revenue from the gambling companies through really deep integrated no. partnerships. No, I think they care. I think you're going to see it I happen, Disney, my friend. I, I think Disney are, I think the reason they're so successful is because they care so much about the brand. And I just don't think they'll do any, I think that's why Iger is being brought back in part because they do not feel the brand has gone in the correct direction. It's lost a little bit of its magic. And I don't think they'll do anything to deter. I don't think they would ever do anything to kind of lose that magic. No, I I, I think you're probably right. I'm just telling you in a purely capitalist world how you fix the sports problem. I like the merch. Is through merchandising and gambling revenue, unfortunately. I don't see a path in the next 10 years to any other meaningful uh, revenue streams. Yeah, I so on sports, so I do take your point. So I, the point you're making is like, it is hard to fix the sports problem if you do not incorporate gambling. I actually agree in the day that I looked at that is the way that companies are trying to circumnavigate the fact that people don't watch live sports is to integrate gambling, which is why I think they are in a really tricky place because they actually can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I don't. I think the, the sports problem for them is a very hard problem to solve. I, I agree with you. The net of this discussion, Kieran, is I think Bob Iger has a really hard job and he has to come back and fix some of the problems he created and some different problems that just societal evolution and change created. Right. And nothing is better the second time around. Like he is revered as an icon, the one of the best CEOs of all time. And to come back for a two year stint, which I think part of it is to correct the mistake he made and who he hired. Like part of what I've read is he has been asked to like set someone up for success within that two years. Mm -hmm. But wow, it's like he walked off into a sunset as like 
one of the best CEOs of all time. Like you say his name, people are like, oh, that guy is just like one of the greatest of all time. And so it's a really hard spot to put yourself back into like a two-year run to like try not to impact the way that people think about you with all of these problems to solve. So what what happened to Bob Iger in a blackjack metaphor is he had an ace and the next round got dealt, he got another ace and he split the aces. <laughs> and now, you know, and now he's, he's either going to get a king and a 10 and he's going to crush or he's going to get aces and like some threes and some twos and he's going to lose it all. And that is what is going to happen here. And this is a double down move for him. And you know what? I got no problem with it. I love it. I love it. I love people who show guts. I love people who have passion for problems and problems that they've already worked on and people they've already worked on them with. I love it. I hope he is successful. I love the breakdown that we did real quick today. If you have thoughts on what Disney should do, please drop them in the YouTube comments. We'd love to hear them. And we will see you next time on Marketing Instagram. Instagram.